Yo, what's good everybody? Safe to be here, aka the ghost. Just a quick announcement to let y'all know that this is a remastered version of season one. We got rid of a couple of the episodes with poorer quality from when we first started. So this was actually week four, episode four, but it's our new episode one, season one, I guess, in our remastered version. We're super hyped to have Koo Creative supplying the music. So all the music has changed and look forward to some really fun beats in season two. Our intro song was provided by my good friend, Theodore Centeno. Turn up, y'all. Enjoy. <laughs> Yo, they already know what it is. Week four, the button. We still popping. He's Donovan. I'm Safer. What's good, bruv? All right, this week we got a Bobby DeKaiser interview. We're going to be talking NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Finals wrap-up, and you know what time it is. Everyone's favorite, Fantasy Football 101. Let's go! All right, we got the young Scarborough man, Bobby DeKaiser, in the building. Just got back from New York. How was the trip? What's up, guys? Uh, New York was cool. It rained a couple times, but we were uh, filming for the Transwell video. Fucking right. <laughs> you always find something to do in New York, for sure. All right, so what we always do with our guests here is uh, you got to give me your favorite sports moment and favorite skate moment. Favorite sports moment would be... Federer in the U.S. Open against Djokovic when he hits a shot between his legs for the match point. Woo, yo, man's got that knowledge. <laughs> yo, Djokovic wasn't ready. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, no. And, uh, what about his favorite skate moment? Um, I knew you'd ask this, so I thought about it. And the first one that like came to my head was Darren Harper versus Stevie Williams fight. <laughs> <laughs> Just seeing it for on For some internet. reason, that was like the first thing that came up as like, Escape moment. Was you were there, were you? No. Oh, just Don't so forget you. about Spencer Fujimoto jumping in from the back. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one who Darren like still has beef with now. Like when we were in Washington this summer, we asked him about it for sure. Like, do you want payback with Stevie? And he's like, I'm driving to New York for Spencer Fujimoto. He he's, he's cool with Stevie. That's with Spencer, yeah. keep your head up. So, Bobby, you rode for DC for a good six years or so. They turned you am, but the older you got, it seemed like the brand stopped matching your style. Uh, what finally pushed you to make the switch to Converse? I skated for, yeah, DC for like six years. And when I first got on, Shane Hutton kind of helped me. And he was, I was skating in Toronto with him a bunch and shooting photos. So I was stoked to do it then. But then when I turned to am, I guess, I think, I don't know, maybe just skaters are stupid and like, the whole not wanting to wear like logos and brands, even though that's like what they pay you to do. It's obviously really stupid, but for whatever reason, I like fall into that and didn't want to wear like the massive DC shirt and whatever. And basically it just got to the point where they're like, it makes it harder for us to do more for you if you're not willing to, you know, wear the logo. And cause I would have like interviews and stuff or whatever come out and they would like buy my flights to do the stuff and I would just have like no logo showing. Yeah. And they, I don't know, it just like got to a point where it's just like, I can't like move forward with this cause I'm not hyped on the image. It makes sense. As you grow older, you tend to like want to wear less and less loud stuff. Yeah, like it obviously sounds stupid. Like these dudes are <laughs> paying you money to wear like this logo. Like it's not that hard to do, but. No, I feel you, the older you get, the more you realize you want to skate for companies that match your personality and your skating, which landed you on Converse. How did that end up working out? I was just, I guess, hyped on what I'd seen Converse been doing. I hit up Brennan Conroy, the Habitat team manager, because I knew he knew 
their TM pretty well. And yeah, he basically just like hooked it up and in a month, like they just, they sent me an email and asked me to go on a trip with them. And yeah, just kind of worked since then. That's awesome. I think I remember you getting hurt right before you went on that trip too. Yeah, I like rolled my ankle like and didn't skate for two weeks. And then, yeah, first time skating, I was like on that trip. <laughs> was that stressful going in there like banged up? Kind of. I just just worried that like I wouldn't be able to go on the trip. And then skating, you get like such small windows. And I knew if I like if I couldn't go on that trip, then another one wouldn't like pop up and that deal would just be dust toughed it out that's pretty pressure packed trip right there yeah it's definitely weird intimidating going on trips with dudes who all know each other super well and just like invading basically and just trying to trying to chill but like trying to whatever it's like true new guy experience yeah you got to befriend the guys but you don't want to you can't just slide in there yeah you can't get all comfy like yeah you you gotta (laughs) like tread with caution yeah which was fine because I, I mean, I never really even felt like super comfy like going on DC trips, and I was on for like six years, so I was like pretty used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Well, even with the Canadian squad, the JC. Oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, those days were sick for sure. Josh Clark, turn up, shout out. <laughs> See you next weekend, Daggy. So on the board side of things, Element was pretty similar back in the day to uh, DC where you were on as a little kid, I would say, I guess. I remember being in Cleveland a couple years ago on a cadence trip and you were about to go on a habitat trip right after that, which is pretty similar to the cons trip where it was like a little bit of a tester trip. And I remember you had a little bit of a stress situation there as well. You had uh, some growing pains and your back was hurting. So uh, how'd that trip work out for you? Yeah, I, I somehow fucked my back up in Cleveland and couldn't skate for like most of the trip and then took in like an overnight bus to New York by myself to meet up with those dudes and I don't know I guess I was super nervous and like still trying to figure out like skating and I don't know just wasn't like really comfortable skating around people and I don't think I realized like how trips like that work where you go on like tester trips but just like being surrounded, like Habitat's my favorite company and going on a trip with those dudes like pretty early on because I just sent them a video, like really didn't expect them to be like, yeah, like come on a trip or whatever. So when I got that, I just went on the trip and didn't skate basically. (laughs) I filmed like a couple of things, but I was super nervous to skate. Obviously like driving from New York to Philly with like Fred Gall in the van and Silas. And it was like their filming for their videos like the first time the full team had been together in like 10 years or something Jeez. so it was it's just a heavy trip and i for sure was not ready for it <laughs> your, your back was still hurt right? and yeah my back was hurt but i don't think that had nothing to do with it i just don't think <laughs> no. i was ready your hands was starstruck like all your dudes that you look up to and shit on your favorite brand all yeah. of a sudden you're in the fucking van yeah it's super hard and i was just had no idea how skating worked and in like on the bigger industry side of things like if a new dude like came on a trip and did what i did it would be like totally understandable like yeah this you know you came on it like you, you didn't skate yeah. like it like it didn't work like yeah. you didn't do it that <laughs> <laughs> you failed the test basically oh, it's like half social like they they know how good you are because you sent them a video so they're like all right let's see if this kid's gonna mesh with the team and like he's a good fit and i guess you're just a little pile in the corner yeah it's was just super <laughs> super young and pretty awkward probably and i remember they went to a bar one night and we had a hotel like outside of the city in philly and i was yeah obviously not 21 and couldn't go inside and everyone went inside and i was just like <laughs> chilling outside Whoa. like by myself the worst most uncomfortable probably i'd ever been and then the tm just like came out gave me money for a cab and just like I just dipped. Take this back to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I just fucking... Just <laughs> go back Basically, to yeah, just uh, nightmare. So the first trip obviously didn't work out, but then uh, you ended up 
riding, I think, like crooked boards through a Canadian distribution yeah. for a little while. But then a little bit down the line, you did end up getting on Habitat. So, so it worked out in the long run for you. Yeah, I guess it worked out. I was skating for Element still, and I was, yeah, pretty bummed. Like, just wanted something new. I just feel like I need it. Like, even if I didn't have, like, the best thing lined up, mm-hmm. I was like, if I just quit Element right now, it'll, you know, just I'll just be one. more stoked on to skate. And, like, if it works out, it works out. And then I got crooked boards for a little while. And then I had this blue tile part come out. And then, yeah, like the next day or something, Joe Kastrusi emailed me, like asking if I wanted to skate for Habitat. Like, fuck it, you're awkward, but you're too good. (laughs) (laughs) Get on the team, bud. (laughs) Yeah, it was, I don't, I think Kastrusi pretty much was like one of the main dudes who had my back and was like, fuck it, like this, like, let's just put them on, like, whatever. And, yeah, I hit up Kirk. I was like, look, like, these dudes are down. Like, I'm super down for Habitat, but, I, like, I'm, if you guys, like, I have any plans, I'm down to stick it out for a while. And they're like, nah, like, if it's, if they're down, just do it. So That's amazing. Sounds like your favorite skate moment right there, man. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Dreams do come true, kids. <laughs> if you're fucking amazing. And if you quit Element. Why are you going to blast Element <laughs> for, man? I thought we were going to cut the tape there. So you were talking about driving in the van with Fred Gal and the Habitat team before, and I know you're a huge Fred Gal fan, so uh, what's it like getting to spend a lot of time with the, the legend now? I don't really get to ever spend time with him, but he's definitely sick. The couple times I have hung out with him, it's been pretty epic. So are there any good stories from uh, your trips with him at all? When we were driving on that first Habitat trip, we stopped in jersey to go to domestics which is like his clothing brand that he does out of there and then for some reason we just spent the whole day there when we were supposed to drive to philly and we went to his grandma's house where like we had a bonfire he was we were in the back where in the intro of his i think it's inhabitants there's like there's a tv and it says world of shit on it and he like lights it on fire and it blows up and he runs away on the train tracks so we're back there and i'm like so hyped because i know it's from the intro i'm like holy shit this is like where they filmed it like this is so epic and then so we're just like chilling back there and fred's like drinking so much and he's like here i got a fucking game (laughs) (laughs) and he he's got a beer ball he's like it's called heads up and he just throws this beer bottle like into the sky so high and it just smashes down he's like you guys get it and then he was like but he was just solo on his own tip no one was really paying attention to him and then yeah just casually just starts pissing on the train tracks facing all of us no one i guess everyone was accustomed to it but i was pretty like <laughs> oh there's, what my, the there's my favorite skater and there's his dick <laughs> pissing in my direction yeah as he almost just threw a bottle at me <laughs> I can't believe nobody got into that game heads up. <laughs> it's pretty sick. So basically he lived up to the hype. He is the crazy legend that everyone thinks he is. Yeah, definitely. Alright, so Bobby, back in 2014, me, you, Donovan here, none of us had ever ollied a bump to bar, aka bar hop, aka handicap rail. Cody Brown, Donovan, myself, and Morgan Smith had a lifelong battle to be the first one out of the four of us to do a bar hop. Me and you bunted that one downtown Toronto. You pulled it off. I uh, moved to Calgary soon thereafter, ollied a bar hop. And uh, Donovan here still oh, soon actually, after. <laughs> Donovan still hasn't done a bar hop. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Basically, I got no excuse for Morgan not doing a bar hop because he could have had, I'm sure, multiple chances. But Toronto, there's definitely 
no good bump to bars so thank you it's understandable but yeah i mean if you go to well i think albany or something maybe you could find a little bar hop so what you're saying is morgan's a (coughs) pussy yeah definitely and you moved to calgary scouted out the the smallest bar hop you can find working on uh i thought it was a warner brothers picture there were so many cameras and different angles and slow-mo on this thing because i knew i was blessing y'all on a lifelong battle there's any chance of ollieing off the bump and clipping your feet on a bar it's pretty sick (laughs) there was barely it's like a green screen production i think bobby took it to the next level though me and him were trying to do our first one together and then next thing I see, he's fucking back threeing them, backside flipping them. And I'm pretty sure I saw a photo of you half cap flipping one. An unlanded photo of a half cap flip, yeah. Oh, shit. So <laughs> he's a soft man thing, too. Man. <laughs> well, I'll be the first to kick flip one, so True. let's see you do yeah, that. Yeah, you could have the That's switch the next battle. Challenge. I never new- switch one. You never switch one? Mm-mm. All right. All right. New, new challenge. challenge. Bobby, Donovan, Safe a 2016 switch bar <laughs> So similar to our last two guests, when you were younger, you definitely wore uh, some big T-shirts yourself. Maybe not as big as Grant Patterson or Wade, but, you know, not everyone got that, that big. Your biggest controversy as it comes to fashion was uh, your short shorts. You ever get any hate about those? Yeah, I think people were definitely bummed on them. I went on like a DC trip right after and I hadn't seen those dudes in a while and Evan Smith like didn't say hi to me or anything just came up and he's like oh, I could never forgive you man I was like what like what's up dude like how you been and he's like yeah man never forgive you I was like all right I don't know what you're talking about he's like the part was sick but the short shorts man he's <laughs> <laughs> like I showed my homie like I was all hyped on it and I hadn't even watched it yet he's like I showed like he showed his fucking dad or something i was like yo watch this kid he's like yo when those short shorts came on <laughs> so yeah i don't know fuck it i thought i mean it's like i filmed that line in like fucking probably the dead of yeah summer. it was we like the hottest day i was swimming at yeah, dumbat earlier your bathing suit and then went downtown it's, yeah it's a bathing suit <laughs> and then i went downtown with burls later and filmed the line i was like yeah it's fucking hot as shit i'm not gonna put pants on to film a line and they're just sick shorts. I'll wear them fucking any time. And now everybody wears them. Everyone wears short shorts now. Man's was ahead of the game, yo. I heard even Reynolds was chiming in. The fashion police were out to get you. <laughs> yeah, on that same trip, Evan called me out. I think Cyril Jackson got a text from Reynolds and was like, what's up with that Bobby kid? His shorts are kind of crazy. <laughs> like said, said some shit like that. And, and then, yeah, I was like, oh fuck it i don't care what reynolds thinks like all joking and then i think everyone got kind of bummed like yo the fuck you just say like reynolds said that like, i don't know <laughs> nah. but i was just kidding yeah you gonna disrespect the boss hey maybe the boss will wear some shorts now 2016 <laughs> So recently a video went viral in the skateboarding community from Canada's own Jeff Cernick. He was uh, mocking, I guess, the trends in skateboarding these days, the slappies and the, the kits and whatnot. What'd you think about Jeff's video on Instagram there? Uh, I don't really care to like give it any time of day and comment on it, but obviously I think like, I don't think the video was funny at all or like, <laughs> I basically, yeah, I just thought it was super whack, but whatever, he got his fucking five minutes of fame so that's cool Seifa you seem to love this video why why do you think it's so great oh because I ain't trending dog and that shit that shit was accurate as fuck but like I don't post that shit on my Instagram and I didn't like think it's funny like I don't and I don't even really like that shit like when people post like all the body varial no comply stuff for the most part I'm like 
I'm like not really down for it, but I just, I don't know, maybe just jokes about skating and people taking it super serious is whacker to me than dudes like having fun, like yeah. fucking around. I didn't think it was very <laughs> funny either, to be honest with you. Man, y'all are just trending. Y'all got butt hurt by a joke that was funny at your guys' expense. Not I'll butt do. hurt, just whack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Difference. It's funny to see like other people though that like aren't following the recent trends, I guess, in skateboarding. We're like so happy about it. Like they thought that like Jeff came to their rescue and and called everyone out and gonna, I, I like change everything. I know. I don't now. get it. How like people actually thought that video was like a great idea. It's like. It's such an easy joke to make to make fun of these dudes. Like, it's just not even necessary. I thought that shit was hilarious. I watched it like ten times. <laughs> Probably shared up. it. The no, I didn't share it. The like double replay slow mo like zoom in on the second one was so fucking jokes. Cause I'm not saying you guys do that, but you know that shit's fucking so trendy right now. Or yeah. maybe not anymore because he put everyone on blast. Oh, we shut him down. Yeah, I hope not. Jeff, I really hope people. Job, yeah, I yeah. really no, hope up, people Jeff don't Cernic. change. I never met you, but yeah, yeah. Keep doing your thing, Jeff, dog. Revolutionize the skate game. You got love. Saying. I'm a I'm an OG gangster in the game. You know what I mean? Us OGs. Yeah, we got your back. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that one back. So me and Saifa uh, have always been big fans of uh, Jalen and Jacoby. It's uh, who we got the uh, inspiration to do this podcast from. And they have a motto on their show, which is, you got to give the people what they want. And now, Bobby, your Instagram account probably has thousands and thousands of little skate rats on there dying to see some new Bobby footy. But why do you choose to use that platform for your photography instead of your skating? I think I do that for a couple of reasons, but definitely like the main one and when i like first whatever first got instagram and didn't post skating i think it was being young and like being around older dudes and guys like you and like where if you like posted your own skating like you were a kook mm -hmm. like if you were like blasting yourself skating on your own thing like yeah. it's not sick and i like obviously that's changed so much but i still like agree with that to a degree where it's just like if all your Instagram is is like yourself skating, mm -hmm. I don't even understand why kids would like that. Like, it's well, long I feel like, especially in Toronto when we were younger, like if you like self promoted yourself, you were like really whack. Yeah, you know? and I it's like beaming, like, I guess. Yeah, and call, I right? fully like if you like tell people like, oh, I did this, people are like, you need to chill. You know? Yeah, I'll hear that from someone else. Yeah, I feel like the older crew in Toronto was like, definitely on top of like. <laughs> what i don't know just, just like, like not being so yeah like just like don't but. like yeah and so when yeah when i first got instagram and people are like posting all these skate photos and skate clips and like their packages on their instagram like isn't this shit like whack like <laughs> you're not supposed to do this are you and no i was like i'm not about this i'm not posting myself like i'll post my friends skating sometimes but i'm i think I'm that's cool the best on, way to do it yeah like, and if you're gonna post some skating just like a little mix yeah and if you're gonna you know? put yourself skating i don't think it's a big deal now because obviously that is a reason why people follow you they want to see your skating Especially, but definitely right? like the selfie edits of just like <laughs> i don't know I but everyone does it selfie. so it's like i'm calling out like 90 percent <laughs> of skating but for no, it's me just your, my your, preference yeah. and my like what i want my instagram to be it's like i want it to be personal and that's why yeah. it's like i like shooting photos and i like posting photos and i think like i get more like i wouldn't have fun on instagram if i just posted skate clips i think that's like the best part about instagram is that you don't have to do anything yeah it's know? just like a personal inside page, right? to yeah yeah i don't no one's like telling me what to post like it I just, is but a lot of people are being told what to post. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got is. dudes, you've got like P-Rod's got like over a million followers now. Mm -hmm. So that's like a serious platform to promote himself, his brands. But yeah, you're lucky. I guess your sponsors aren't down your throat trying to force you to post clips and product and whatnot. Yeah. Or maybe they are and you're just too cool. <laughs> no, but I, 
I will get anxiety sometimes when like I, I, I get tagged in like a skate clip or something like if the barracks post something uh. and then I get like followers that are clearly just like skate kids like I remember the last one I got tagged in I think it was like when I did the barracks game of skate I like went through my Instagram and deleted like everything skate related <laughs> and like if anyone ever comments like anything about skating I always just delete it because I don't know it just like bums me out that kids are just like they just breathing down my neck to like telling me what to post on my own <laughs> shit it's like what the fuck like i'm gonna post whatever the hell i want like i'm not gonna give you nothing now it's like all these kids like started following me that clearly like i mean maybe that's a bad judgment but i'm assuming they don't give a shit about photography no it's like an old but world way of thinking man yeah it's, it's like, like so before instagram that, like i'm gonna delete all my skate shit well before instagram none of these kids would have seen any of your stuff anyways right yeah so when people see your parts and they see little crumbs of you skating on other people's Instagrams. I think it's a good way of going about it. Yeah, I think it helps too. Like when Instagram clips like like do come right? out of like, yeah, it's like more exciting for kids. Mm-hmm. That just means your friends are copping follows from those little kids trying to get the latest Bobby. And that's sicker anyway. I don't like want like, I don't know. That's probably why Donald finally got over a thousand followers. <laughs> <laughs> the occasional Bobby and Wade clip. <laughs> the trickle down effect probably was you heard it here first kids don't hold your breath because bobby ain't posting shit (laughs) so your lack of skating on your instagram and emphasis on art caught the attention of kingship magazine up here in canada and then you guys had a little bit of a divorce what went down there basically it first started when i first got bummed out well i never really thought the magazine was like that sick to begin with (laughs) And then, like, they do a section in the magazine where they, like, call out people's Instagram. So, basically, they called out my friend Pat O'Rourke's Instagram, which is, like, obviously, like, I think it's a really sick Instagram. It's pretty similar to yours, right? All, yeah. All he's his, got some skating, though. Yeah, he has skating, but all his followers are there because he's a That's photographer. True. Yeah. It's, like, mine's different, so I get it. But he, like, has 30,000 followers because he takes these photos. And he doesn't even, like, he's not even, like, trying to get in kink shit. He's, like, not a part of, like... Mm-hmm. that industry anymore really like obviously he still skates but yeah and evan rissy who like neither skates nor is in photography like ne- like doesn't know anything about either like calls out pat about his instagram and like it was actually the harshest write-up and just like so unnecessary to do and like that alone i was just like wow that was obviously super whack and then they did it to my instagram like talking shit about my photos I was like, all right, like that's that's it. Like, fuck these dudes. Like, fuck this magazine. And then I just called Ryan Styles. Like, yo, like, don't put me in your magazine anymore. Like, I don't want to be a part of it. Like, it's like all run by dudes who don't skate, and you're like commenting on shit that doesn't need to be talked about. I say it's a it's a pretty tough spot for Reese to be in too, because I bet you they just like. I don't know if it's for sure, but they probably just give him the photos, and then he's the writer. He's supposed to come up with like a joke about him. Reese is my dog, but I'm pretty sure he picks his victims. <laughs> it doesn't say in the article, like, written by Evan Rissy. So it's like, you're calling out people, and then, in like, you're not game. saying who it's written by, because you know, like, if people knew you were writing it, it's like, oh, this dude's, like, calling out skaters, some dude who doesn't skate. Yeah. But it's like, to, like, relate it to sports, it's like, there's a lot of people who, like, analyze sports and talk about sports, and they don't play the game you know they've never played at the pro level so there's always going to be people who are going to be like talking about things and having to like jab at things but yeah of course but i just think like king shit in my opinion wasn't like a sick enough mag to even do that to begin with that it was just like i don't fuck like fuck you guys i don't like really need you guys to like i don't want to be in your magazine anyway so like if you guys ever want shit of me again like too bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what did they say when you said we don't want you in the mag anymore was there i think I, back and forth i sent like a text message basically saying like yo stud like i don't want to be in the mag anymore basically this is why and that's it and then he called me and was like look man like we've had your back for years like you sure you just really wanted like do it like just like that and i was like yep that's it and well like before that happened there was like three magazines in a row where like you had something in there like an interview and then like one with will i think yeah split an interview so you had like a lot of stuff in king shit prior to that yeah i mean it sucks because like it is the only skate magazine in canada but 
I don't it is know. what it is. Yeah, it's just yeah, like if I don't back it, like stick to your guns. Yeah. Bobby, you somehow make skating downtown Toronto look super easy and super fun. I feel like if I didn't live here and I saw your blue towel part, which was filmed all in Toronto, I'd be like, damn, I'm, I'm finna hop on a plane and, and go skate Toronto. That shit looks butter. I've been living here the entire time I've been skating and I literally can't stand trying to film in Toronto anymore. It's too rugged for my soft ass. What's the key? Do I just need, do I just need to put my big boy pants on or do I need to throw on some short shorts? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not like the smoothest city for skating, but I just like really love the way a lot of the downtown core spots look. And yeah, I'm definitely not like trying to go to like TD and have a ledge session there, but I feel like most of that stuff is like when you get into the groove of like filming a line, you forget about like the rough ground. And I actually, yeah, I don't know. Most of it, the ground is like super good. It's rough, but it's all like super flat and td is one spot definitely where it's like it's so hard to like just go skate there yeah i feel like if you want to film something you can go there with like a plan yeah i guess but like having a session there it's actually so tiring yeah td like, is, is that ground? you have to push like 10 times more and then by the time you get to the ledge it's terrible yeah but it is like this probably the sickest looking spot yeah, in toronto so i love skating there and like trying to and every always year, trying to get stuff every year they move the ledges around a little yeah, bit. yeah it's always different spice it up for us yeah i'm trying to think of questions the other day i just watched uh your blue towel part and the newer blue towel part and the first one's 100 percent toronto the second one's like 95 percent toronto yeah. mm -hmm. and i'm just looking at these spots thinking about like what would I try there? Like, but the spots look so fun yeah. on film and it, it looks all easy, but then you fucking get there. Yeah. I was showing, uh, showing the New Balance team around last summer and Tom K was just like sitting at TD with me one day and he's like, man, like I, I can't handle these spots. Like I've barely done anything on this trip. Like I just want to go back to Cali and like skate some butter shit. That's like one of our best spots too. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get like, when people ask like yo what's up with toronto i want to come skate i'm always like uh yeah man like <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna like it like i think it's a sick city and i like skating there but yeah i'm never like i always find like people like when they're from their hometown they're always like fuck yeah come Looks to fucking yeah you know like yeah fucking come calgary or like spots. come to you know wherever it's like this is ottawa's the dopest it's like <laughs> no it's not like no. <laughs> but then yeah so i'm always like uh, I don't know if you want to come here, man. Like The older I get, the more I just skate Dunbat, and it's got the best ground in the world, but it makes you just suck so much at real street skating. Like, I'm at Dunbat, fucking three flips, two feet high, <laughs> front foot catch. You know what I mean? The kids are cheering from the sidelines. Like the new Mark Suchu. It's a full-on demo. <laughs> they call me Mark Suchu, the black Mark Suchu. But then I step, I take two steps out, and I'm in the streets, and like, the three flips are 270 flipping, half flipping, primos. It's a wrap, yo. That was a sick monologue. <laughs> Stay in the streets, kids. Dunbat's a fucking, it's a time warp. Trap, black hole. And it actually makes you worse at skating street. <laughs> it makes you Straight boy. up. Yo, trust me, at Dunbat, every, everyone skating goes to the next level. Even Ryan DeRoche can three flip at Dunbat. Yeah, if only it could do the same for Justin David's Nolly flips. <laughs> No chance those things no are disgusting. <laughs> All right, I've been waiting to do this one. New segment. Rapid fire with Dono. Yeah, Let's yeah, hit it. Yeah, 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 yo, blood, yo, blood. It's a mad thing, eh? You think you gonna hijack my segment? Yo, y'all know what time it is. Rapid fire with the ghost, ladies and gentlemen. We got Bobby in the building. Let's go. All right, Bobby. Favorite skater? Growing up, Ryan Gallant. Favorite video? 
Blueprint, make friends with the color blue. Favorite video part? Van Wastel, Crooked Chronicles. Favorite trick? Half cab flip. Favorite Toronto skater? Warren Ungin. Ooh, the handyman. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Fakie inward heel flip, TD8. First try. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite travel destination? Berlin, Germany. Favorite local brand? Club gear. Favorite Toronto Maple Leaf? Matt Sundin. Favorite Toronto Raptor? Biombo. Hardest trick for you? Switch backside flip. Worst style? J. Scott hands down. (laughs) (laughs) Worst trend? Man bun. Most illegal trick? Nolly Front Smith. So true. Never done one. (laughs) Worst skate brand? Hold on. You've done Madden all the time. So, Bobby, do you have any uh, future projects in the works? What What do you got lined up? We got a uh, clip for Converse that's coming out maybe by the time this is posted or something, or like next week, I think, and then working on a Transwell video and a Blue Towel Lounge skate shop video. Sick. Who's uh, Who's the new Transwell crew for their next video? It's Ben Gore, Leo Valls, Yajay Popson, Jake Johnson and Stevie Perez and myself. Sounds like Transworld is trying to snake the GX1000 crew. What the fuck's good? <laughs> I don't know, but this video will be all VX, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yo, Thrasher, what do you got to say about that, eh? So do you guys have a bunch of trips planned for the Transworld video? Yeah, well, we just did the New York one, and then we're going to do a bunch of small ones, too. I think the filmer, Chris Thiessen, might come to Toronto, probably go back to New York again, and then some bigger ones like uh france and italy we're gonna do and maybe an asia trip lots of traveling in the future then i guess yeah what about blue towel you guys holding it down in toronto yeah that i'm trying to film like all hd stuff and save for that and that'll be cool i think basically just trying to put it out next fall and just whatever we have if it's like 15 minutes or 30 minutes whatever just put something out that's dope um what do you think about guest tricking your part? Safe will be. Not down. Before Donald rudely interrupted you, I believe you said you're down. Can you just repeat that? <laughs> I'm down for the guest trick. Hey, Rob, you heard it here first, eh? <laughs> I'm back. be a Nolly Friend Smith. <laughs> So we all remember you as a, a little kid running around Toronto and always being the youngest kid in the crew. Do you have any uh, stories of run, some run-ins with some Toronto locals where they didn't treat you so nicely as a kid? I remember you were a dick to me once at <laughs> Dunbat when I was skating and it, it was uh, like right before the lights went out <laughs> and you looked at me and asked, what are you doing here still? <laughs> and I was like, man, that fucking Donovan guy's an asshole. And I was like, fuck that guy. I'm just trying to skate the flat bar. And I probably should have been at home because I think I was like so 11 or something. Yeah, really. Looking out for you. Yeah. What about Seifa? He was a nice guy? I don't nah, he that. skated with headphones. So <gasps> I wasn't a dick like you. I just used to yell noises at Bobby. Yeah. He'd do a land a trick and I'd be like, a Bob's Day monthly. <laughs> Him and John Lenny, my favorite two people to harass before I really knew them back in the day. Just yell weird noises at them to make them feel weird. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Most people end up moving to the States when their careers kind of start taking off. Have you 
felt any pressure to move to California or move to the States? I know you just got an apartment here. What are, what are you thinking going forward? Um, well, when I first like was starting to get sponsored and stuff, like I knew getting on Habitat that they wouldn't care where I lived and like they wouldn't be like, oh, you should move to California and stuff. So that was like another reason why I was like always really hyped on Habitat. And yeah, and then I got on DC and they didn't really bug me at all. So it was like kind of already a done deal. Like the time to move to California had like already passed. Like I had already kind of figured it out. I mean, if you're like getting on and like an act, like turning to AM for a company, like usually the time to move to California or whatever is like before that happens. Yeah. If I'm productive in Toronto, like I don't really need to leave. All right, that's going to wrap up our interview with Bobby. Thanks a lot for coming by Studio E. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to keep listening to more from the Bunt. Shout out to the Vert Dogs. Hell yeah, thanks for coming through, Bobby. I'll catch you at the Dunbat Pool real soon. You get me. <laughs>
yo, <laughs> you get me, yo. Thursday, it's on and popping, yo. Can't now put wait. this on wax. They are not losing in Cleveland. If anything, it's going game seven. You've seen it. The NBA's writing this script, and they're gonna extend this series as long as possible. It's going seven games. LeBron's getting his third ring. Let's go, Safer. Alright, so you got Cavs in seven. I got Warriors in six, baby. Next week it's all gonna be said and done. We'll update you then. It's that time again, NHL Minute, but this week, I guess, it being the last week of the NHL season, a champion has been crowned. I guess we'll give Dono a little more than a minute, so set your alarm for maybe three minutes. Make sure you wake back up. We'll be done with NHL. Hey, you even watched the game last night. It was on in the background. That doesn't mean I was watching. All right, all right. So first off, disappointing finish to the season for the San Jose Sharks and another crushing blow to the careers of Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe. These guys can't get any success going in the playoffs. Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture, they will be back though. Hungrier, these guys are looking to lead the team. Pavelski, 14 goals in the playoffs. Couture, 29 points. It looks like the young guns are ready to carry the load. They came out of a tough Western Conference, beating the Kings, the Predators, and the Blues. So I think the future is bright down there in San Jose. These guys will get another shot at the Cup. As much as it pains me, I guess now I gotta talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Just before the All-Star break, the Pittsburgh Penguins were 11th place in the Eastern Conference, and they had a crucial stretch of four games in six nights before they went into the break, and they won all four. I think this was the turning point for the Penguins season. They ended up finishing second place in the Metropolitan Division, 22 games above 500, and ending the season as the league's hottest team heading into the postseason. But you know what? There was always one concern down there in Pittsburgh, Safa. You know what it was? Marc-Andre Fleury. You got the Jay-Z ready? He's all right, but he's not real. Always a concern. This guy's given up, been giving up bad goals his whole life, leaving the door wide open for Matt Murray to shock the world. Or maybe just Canada, because no one else in the world watches hockey, really. This man arrived third on the depth chart, jumped right over Jeff Zatkoff and Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, he played two games earlier in the year, but didn't really get a shot until the final nine games of the season. He remained the starter throughout the playoffs, gave up only one game to Fleury. He went 15-6 with a 9.23 save percentage and gave the offense the stability they needed to play their game. But down there in Pittsburgh, I really got to tip my hat to Coach Mike Sullivan. The man spread out the offense, putting Phil Kessel, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin on all three lines, and I think that's what frustrated the Sharks the most, and ultimately landed the Pittsburgh Penguins their second Stanley Cup win in eight years. Safe, are you still with me? Uh... What what's that? Oh yeah, we 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 still recording. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess that's a wrap for the NHL season. Couldn't be happier. It's that time. Back to school. Fantasy football 101. Let's go, Deggy. So, I mean, right now, next year, I'm thinking about drafting Ben Roethlisberger. But, yo, there's more positions out there. It was good with them wide receivers these days. They always say to draft your running backs in the first round. But this year, I suggest going pass catchers. These are the real game breakers in fantasy football. In the 10 spot, we got a tie. Brandon Marshall. This is all relying on Ryan Fitzpatrick re-signing in New York 
He's on a contract holdout right now, but if he's back, Brandon Marshall is a deadly red zone threat. I've got him tied with Julian Edelman. Rob Gronkowski creates a lot of space for him in the slot, and Edelman is a target machine. He's one of Brady's favorite targets, so you know he's going to see the ball a lot. Number 9, Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson coming back after missing the whole year last year is going to take a lot of weight off his shoulders, so you know he's going to see around 7-8 to eight targets a game, and you know he can at least get you into the double-digit points. At number 8, Jordy Nelson. Just talked about him a bit. The bad man Aaron Rodgers gets his favorite target back. You know he's a threat for 20 plus points at any time, and he can make his day off of one play. Number seven, Allen Robinson. One of my boys last year came out of nowhere. He's the garbage man Blake Bortles' favorite target. Had a huge season last year with 14 touchdowns. His career high, you know I'm gonna look to pick him up for my squad again. Number six, AJ Green. Andy Dalton's back, Marvin Lewis is back, so you know they're no threat to win a Super Bowl, but that doesn't matter to us because our season ends in week 16. Number five, Des Bryant. Down there in Dallas, they have a well-rounded potent offense. Tony Romo, Ezekiel Elliott. Aging Jason Witten equals more targets for Dez. Injuries are always a concern, but you know, I think they stay healthy this year. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. Cemented his status as an elite wide receiver one last year on the backs of Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. So it really doesn't matter who's the quarterback down there. It could be Fred Gow for all I care. But lucky for him, he's got Brock Osweiler coming to town. He's a bigger guy, better arm, gained experience last year in Denver. I think it works out for the duo. Number three, Antonio Brown. He's been number one on basically every list I've seen this summer, and he probably deserves it. Down there in Pittsburgh, they're going to have a high-flying offense. If you can get Antonio Brown outside of the first round and you don't, you should probably just ask for your money back and pack your bags and head home. Julio Jones is my favorite wide receiver in the NFL. The most athletic and unmatchable speed. He has an overall grit and knows his team relies on him every game. And what does he do? He delivers. Pick this man up. All right, there's only one man for the top of this list, Odell Beckham Jr. He is from another planet. His highlight reel catches are becoming routine. And another year in the West Coast offense with Eli Manning slinging the ball, you know the points are going to be there in bunches. Get this man on your team. Antonio Brown at number three sounds pretty good. And last week I was feeling Ben Roethlisberger. Sounds like I might have to become a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yo, Shannon Cece, we in this together, you feel me? Fantasy football, here I come. Another week in the books. That's a wrap on episode four. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And another special thanks to Bobby for coming by. That's some real talk, bruv. Also, we just started an Instagram page, so go give us a follow at The Bunt Live. We have our Facebook page at The Bunt. Turn it up to the max. Catch y'all next week. You get me.